come from the farm that's in Austin or San Antonio or Buda mm -hmm. so these areas that have these mushroom farms have a lot of waste too mushroom waste because they're all grown on blocks they're five to fifteen pound blocks of substrate so substrate is what the mushrooms grow from it's their food source so this substrate is called uh, well it's supplemented sawdust uh, once it's fully formed and, and consolidated, meaning the mycelium has eaten all of the, the food in it. It's then cut on one side and it fruits mushrooms really quickly. It will continue to fruit mushrooms for you, but the thing is it takes a long time for you to get those continuous flushes. It might take a month and a half for you to get four or five flushes off of this one block of mycelium. So as a mushroom farm, it's not lucrative to keep this on the shelf because it's taking up space from another block that you have right behind this one that you can just cut right now and it's going to give you mushrooms tomorrow kind of, kind of thing. So instead of waiting for this block, which I just harvested, to fruit another mushroom, which is going to take two more weeks, and this is going to sit on the shelf for two weeks, taking up space for all these other mushroom blocks that need to be fruited, well, I'll just throw it away and I'll just, I'll just get another block there because then I can make my profit margin. Then I can actually afford to grow these really beautiful lion's mane and oysters and chestnuts and enoki, you know, and cordyceps too, because a lot of mushroom farms in the area are producing cordyceps. Is there a benefit or is there a, a cost to throwing this or um, going straight to the one that you can cut in half versus letting the other one fruit when it wants to, like going through a blooming process? There, the benefit is you have more mushrooms faster. So as a mushroom farm, you get better production. In terms of mushroom quality, you also get better quality too because that first flush that comes from that block is going to be the biggest. It's going to be the most nutrient-dense. It's going to have the most minerals in it. Everything after that is going to slowly degrade. Uh, okay. not, yeah, it's going to not, uh, but not in a major way, just it's going to slightly have less minerals and then eventually you're going to need to feed it more food for it to remineralize and be strong enough to produce more mushrooms again. Okay. So that waste that gets produced is a, a big issue because, well, it's a cost. It's, a, it's another, you have to hire a dumpster to come and put your mycelium in the trash and take it to the landfill and all this stuff. So I see those bags as family, you know, they're mycelium, they're, yeah. they're part of me. They are me extended beyond my flesh. They're still mycelium, my cells, you know, they're still my cells, yeah. mycelium, but they're not in my body. So how can I honor them and be reciprocative and symbiotic with them and I know they don't want to go to the trash because I wouldn't want to go to the trash if I still had a lot of life left in me I wouldn't want to be used once and thrown away that's rude <laughs> all right so it's like how do I how do I stop these humans from my humans from me as a human representing myself through other people as rude because we haven't created a collective solution, though there is an absolutely clear collective solution. It just takes work. Mm -hmm. So I had 
previously helped start the Central Texas Mycological Society back in 2019. And through that organization, we grew to now almost a thousand, over a thousand members. Uh, today, we're over a thousand members strong. And we created a block giveaway program. So we're taking all these waste blocks and putting them in people's front yards and saying, if you want some, this is a spot in San Antonio and New Braunfels and San Marcos and South Austin and North Austin and, and Georgetown. So we've got spots all over this, all over Central Texas where you can go and pick up mushroom blocks for a donation uh, towards the nonprofit to where you can grow your own mushrooms at home. And it's on mushroom waste, so it's no longer going to the landfill. Granted, there's about 10 tons that goes to the landfill on a weekly basis. So yeah. it's really hard to get all of that. You have to have a massive amount of volunteers. You have to have basically dump yeah. trucks and everybody's gotta have the, the willingness and the back to get it done. Cause you know, those blocks are five to 15 pounds each and there's tons of them and you're moving tons of them. You know, I would move when I was doing the, when I started the program, I was doing it by myself and I was moving about a ton a week in my little, <laughs> my four-door Chevy Malibu. Yeah. So <laughs> it was just, it was crazy, and it was a lot of work, and it wore down my car, it wore down me, it was really tiring, and it, it, was, it showed the, the, the level of this problem because there's all this waste that has life that's ready to go. We could spread this mycelium waste on the surface of Texas, and it would function as a sponge and a filtration system in addition to the limestone. So why are we throwing this away? There's a solution to our pollution problem right in our trash and we're putting it there. Like, what are we doing? That's nuts. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah so. Wow. So now we have a block giveaway program. We move between one to four tons a week through our volunteer program with the Central Texas Mycological Society. And if you wanna sign up, you can totally sign up. You can uh, be a volunteer and guess what volunteers get? all the blocks that they want uh, all of the ones they want you get first pick so, so where do where do where can you go to sign up centraltexasmycology.org okay. so peruse the website potentially become a member you can volunteer for free your volunteering will let you become a member without having to pay so really cool way to connect with a lot of local microfiles get out into doing walks they, we do walks in the community we do classes uh, lots of things like that. I do private walks as well, private classes. So we always, there's all these different elements. You know, if you wanted the the group community element, you wanted the private element, the closer, more intimate, we've got it all. So we've discovered a solution to this problem. Two problems now. One problem of waste and another problem of pollution. Mm -hmm. Actually three, because there is a, the waste problem is also causing more pollution yeah. too. Mm -hmm. So we're mitigating all these issues. So what I'm doing right now in the modern day, cause this is all theoretical. So to make this theory physical, I'm building my driveway at the farm that I'm renting, which is 13 acres out of mycelium. So it had a flood recently and it took out probably about three inches off the driveway and made it real hard to drive on. You know, it's like, doo -doo -doo like a roller coaster when I'm driving and I'm yeah. in my car and I'm like this poor car is just getting beat <laughs> beat up and I was like okay what's the solution there's a solution here 
I have, I have a solution somewhere. Where is it? I was like, I could put rocks. That's what everyone does, right? Everyone puts rocks in their driveway and you drive on rocks and it lasts for a couple, like 10 plus years. Great solution. I'm like, yeah, but what about the water? The water is going to flow over the rocks. That's, that's true, but it's not going to stop the oil yeah. that's on the tires from getting in the land that I want to grow food on. So how do I stop the oil from getting in the land and polluting it? Well, the mycelium, if you put it as a driveway, you're going to drive over that mycelium. The beautiful thing about a lot of this mycelium waste is that it is a saprophytic mushroom. So there's a lot of different types of fungi out there. So to briefly touch on the categories of, of fungi, there are the mushroom producing ones, the ones that we like to eat all the time and we see in the grocery store, those are saprophytic mushrooms, meaning they're eating dead material. So they're eating dead wood, sawdust, and they're making new material out of it. Humus, uh, the precursor to soil. Uh, they're providing, breaking open those double carbon bonds that, are, that make up those uh, wood cells. So it's called lignin. Uh, lignin is, it, it looks like that uh, in, a, in chemistry. So those enzymes come in and they have the key to break open those double carbon bonds. That, For those who can't see, he is uh, putting his fingers together to make a carbon bond. Two carbon bonds, right? Yep, Okay. exactly. Clarify. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and, right, continue. And with those enzymatic processes, they break open those carbon bonds. Well, what has the same carbon bonds that we produce and is a pollutant. Carbon dioxide? Oil. All right, and that wraps up another episode of the Cognifit Podcast. We hope that you found this discussion valuable and inspiring. Keep challenging your mind, exploring new horizons, and embracing the endless possibilities of cognitive growth. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay updated with the latest insights and discoveries in the world of cognitive skills. And don't forget to share this podcast with others who may benefit from our discussions. We always love hearing from our bright-pilled Cognifitters out there, so please feel free to reach out to us with your questions, feedback, or topic suggestions. You can connect with us through our website or feel free to find us on social media. Your input fuels our desire to continue providing valuable content that empowers you on your cognitive journey. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, remember, stay sharp, stay curious, and stay Cognifit.